Hi, and welcome to Steel Wheel Stories. With your host, Chris Jowett and Jake Somerville, where we talk about stories of collecting, restoring, and showing antique tractors and steam engines built before 1930. Join us while we and guests share stories about the hunt, tales of restoring, and memories of enjoying. Steel Wheel Stories is proudly sponsored by Engineers and Engines Magazine. A printed, full-color, bi-monthly magazine for all the steam, gas, tractor, railroad, locomotive, and farm machinery enthusiasts. Call or email Brenda Stamp for your subscription today. Email address brenda at engineersandengines.com or phone number 410-673-2414. Mention Steel Wheel Stories when purchasing and get your first magazine free. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Steel Wheel Stories with your host Jake Somerville and Chris Jowett. Chris, what's going on? Man, just uh, sitting down here, ready to bring another story to these people. Uh, it's been a busy last couple weeks and a couple busy weeks coming on and uh, had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks. What about yourself? Yeah, man, same here, same here really. It's... Uh... June really flies by for us. Seems like every year, and all of a sudden, next week is already July. Uh, these last two weeks, I guess, since the last podcast, there's uh, been a couple shows going on, and uh, we've had a number of days where we've had steam engines fired up, and uh, there was actually a, an auction sale here uh, local to us, about fifty miles from from our place, where they sold a couple of steam engines. Uh, that was that was quite a gathering. That was. Uh, you know, these auction sales kind of anymore, Every, everything's ended up to, to be an online sale and buyer's premium and tax and credit card fees and kind of all of this stuff's piling on. And this was a just a local, uh, smaller local auctioneer. And uh, this was a, just a good old fashioned on-site only, uh, no buyer's premium, no tax, uh, as is, where is. Uh, you, you stood there as, as he was auctioning the stuff off and they were holding it up. And you saw the guy across from you bidding, and you got to to hold the piece after you won uh, won the item. So that was a that was a really fun sale. There was there was two steam engines there. There was a, a sixteen horse Huber and a twenty four port Huron. Um, and then I don't know. There was probably ten or twelve steam gauges. There's probably well, I don't know a dozen or fifteen uh, steam whistles. And oh, there was a couple headlights and shingle mill and a four bottom grand detour prairie plow uh just kind of you know the rest of the type of stuff that goes along with that uh tooling and all the all the little trinkets to go along with it it was just a really really good sale pretty good all around sale too by the way it sounds i mean a little bit of everything there i didn't realize that it uh so it wasn't online at all it was just all was there i well i assume maybe there was phone bidders or something like that i don't know yeah, I guess they were. They did have a, a phone bidding option. I don't. I actually don't know if anybody was taking a phone bid. Mm-hmm. Just kind of thinking back on it now, but yeah, it was it was on on site only. Yeah, um, so I, that was. I'd heard. I guess one of the good old fashioned sale. The poor here went to Georgia or something or other. Where the the Huber stay local or where did it go? Uh, yeah, it didn't go too far. Just just over the state line into uh, Indiana. Uh, Indiana. I gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, man, there was a uh, a cook shack there. Uh, wasn't wasn't an original one, but it was something that was built like maybe the 30s or 40s. Oh, really? And had a whole bunch of patina on it. And man, 
I really kick myself for not buying a thing, but I don't know what I would have would have done with a, it. But it was just really, really cool. That is exactly what you needed. I do not know why you didn't buy it. I didn't know that was there. <laughs> oh I yeah, could, I could see that at Mason now. I could see your wife in it. She would have just been so happy. Could you oh, put man, an air had one of on those... top of it or something for her? Oh, surely, surely we could have. <laughs> oh, could probably could have powered it with a, a steam generator. Man, I wish I would have known this. I would have gave you a lot more hard time between now and then. And I think the thing only brought like 200 bucks or something like that. So, Well, the problem is they're oh, so freaking big, you know, and toting the thing around and oh, yeah. everything else. But, man, they're they're cool <laughs> at the same time. They are. Well, and then sitting right next to it, right down the auction line there, was a, a Port Huron thrash machine. Uh, I think it was like a 32 inch. It was an all wood machine. Uh, everything was there. It looks like it had been run before. Brand new canvases and everything. Uh-huh. And man, this auctioneer, he just he kicked and screamed and kicked, kicked and screamed to get a hundred dollars out of it. And I think it finally brought 125 dollars. Really? I just man, I these thrashing machines, the the market for them. You know, they're just a they're a barn hog, and you got to have everything else to go along with it, but. And it's a hit or miss Man, deal just, sometimes. One time you'll get a thrash machine that'll just sell for some crazy money, and then, like you said, that won't bring hardly 120 bucks. You know? Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's pr- well. Uh, I guess the yeah. that weekend of that sale is when our Lathrop, Missouri show was, and it was a pretty good show. I don't. There was five engines there, I believe. A uh, couple of prairie tractors and pretty good overall show. The nice thing uh, this year was is that our summer heat wave hadn't really hit yet it hit this week that's for damn sure and and maybe last week a little earlier too it really wasn't that bad uh compared to most years where it's usually just miserable so the show and i i feel it helped the show a ton because the, the show was a lot more active than normal i feel uh oh yeah so it was it was exciting we didn't plow this year uh guys were pretty busy on the sawmill vermeer mill and stuff like that so we'll have to make sure and plow in the fall and and go from there, but uh, it was definitely active show and a good show. No breakdowns? No breakdowns that I can think of. Have to remind me if I told you about anything, but no, not that I think so. Everything went pretty good. Uh, did have a guy get uh, hurt with the Vermeer mill. I don't know if I told you about that. He, uh, oh. Yeah, got his, they had just sharpened the blade on the thing, and, you know, he got his finger a little oh, bit. But man. just a few stitches. Didn't didn't lose anything, but just, you know, got to remember. Got to be careful around this old stuff, you know. Oh, it could have been way worse than what it was, you know, so. It yeah, is. It's always really fortunate to get through a show without an injury, man. I, there's just so yeah. much stuff happening, and people just aren't paying attention. They're having a good time, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's a wonder it doesn't happen more often, really. Yeah, I mean, you know. This guy was pretty uh, veteran in the hobby, too, and, and it just goes to show that sometimes stuff happens. We just got to be careful. Yep. So yep. I guess that following weekend, you guys had uh, went to Wauseon, Ohio, and big show out there, as usual, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We uh, just got back, and uh, well, I guess we got everything hauled home uh, Sunday night and got stuff cleaned up there on Monday. And Yeah, it was a good, good show, kind of like you were talking about there, the heat wave. Wauseon is... is 99% of the time, uh, one of two ways. It's it's either 100 degrees and 100% humidity, or it's a complete deluge. And uh, this year was like the one out of a 100-year perfect weather year. 
I've never been to Wauseon and had to wear a long sleeve shirt at, at night and in the morning. Yeah. And this, this year we, I mean, it got down into the like low fifties each night and man, it was just beautiful weather. We got a little sprinkle of rain to keep the dust down, uh, Friday night, which actually was pretty all right. Saturday morning's usually kind of a, a slow, <laughs> slow happening morning anyways. Sure. Uh, no, it was a, it was an excellent, excellent show. Lots of activity there. Plowed each day. Um, Lots of people on the on the power eaters. Um, several guys got got on the uh, on a prony break there. And all steam games is usually a, a big deal there too. Doing block race and teeter totter. Mm-hmm. Usually get uh, quite a bit of participation, and uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the people actually come. The spectators they come like specifically for just that. for that. Yeah, I can later see that. on into the spark show, and I mean they load the grandstands up to do these steam games. I, mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of us kind of yeah steam games are not original for steam engines but sure. man i tell you what it puts on a really good show and there's a lot of people oh yeah 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 and i will you know to me that's always something to see and it's oh you don't see it out my way as much not like you guys that's for sure and it uh it's yeah. definitely always something entertaining to watch and you know uh i you know the best thing i could say is somebody that's never done it before you know if you know somebody at the show or whatever just go say hey you know i want to try this sometime or whatever you know and yeah yeah because it's really just all in good fun you know it's nobody's out to critique anybody at that time of the day yep yep it is good fun it's good fun yeah so yeah and then i guess it was last week and, and some more details have come out but i'm kind of involved in moving a steam shovel recently uh we're actually oh, going boy. tomorrow to haul the thing home uh so some some more pictures maybe will surface of that but right now we want to get the thing home and go from there what's but the uh what, what kind of steam shovel is it what brand is it it's a it's a marion type 7 uh which basically in the realm of it it's a sixty-seven thousand pound steam shovel with a 7 8 yard bucket on the front of it Basically, the vertical boiler is about four foot in diameter and about ten foot tall. Um, the whole house and the track uh, uh, assembly and everything is about nine foot six wide, twelve foot tall, fifteen foot long or so. Like the whole assembled unit with the boom in is about forty foot long. So it's a it's a heck of a machine. It, it's it's actually uh, there's quite a well, it's a good amount of history. Anyways, it was shipped brand new to Fulton, Missouri, and I can't remember the name of the coal mine in Fulton. But it was shipped uh, new there in 1926. And now it is basically, I don't know if it's 45 minutes from Fulton is where it's sitting at. Uh, it's sold in an auction, a state auction that a guy that passed away uh, had. And I can't even, I'm sitting here drawing a blank on the name of the town that it's in in Missouri now. But anyways, um, my my dad and, and a friend of his, Kirk Core, went together and bought the thing and... Uh, they uh, want to see a steam shovel run, so that's uh, kind of we've been tasked with. We went down last week and kind of prepped it for the move and have a crane coming in tomorrow to pick the whole shoot match up and put it on a trailer and haul it back to Odessa here. So we'll see what we get into Heck with yeah. that. But it's quite the machine. It's a, uh, you know, with my dad and grandpa working on heavy equipment, uh, stuff like that's always kind of been in my background. So uh, it's always – th- you know, I do think it's one of my dad's big dreams to have one, and I think it's really cool. And uh, so it, it'll be neat to see what kind of project it is and all that stuff. Mechanically, you know, so far it, it really seems pretty good. They ran it on air 10, 15 years ago. Everything's free on it. Uh, 
you know, it'll be interesting. The boiler needs a little bit of work. Uh, I don't think it'll actually be a major product. I'm, I'm staying skeptical at this point, so <laughs> we'll see what happens when yeah. uh, when we get the thing home. So tomorrow's the big move day, and, and uh, here in Missouri, it is going to be a nice 105 degrees tomorrow. So oh, what, a, what a better day. <clears throat> well, I'm looking forward to seeing it next time I come down. Yeah, it's something I, I, I told my dad. I said, the nice thing about it is you don't have to build another building to put it in. It comes with a building. It is a building. It comes you know? with a building. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my dad, uh, I said, you're going to have to put one of them big holes in the top of the roof or one of the buildings so you can fire that thing up inside and then drive it outside, you know, and he there you go. <laughs> just kind of rolled his eyes at me, I think, more than anything. But I think that's what they, I think that's what I remember seeing at Rolog with them steam shovels up there, you know. I'm pretty sure they fire them oh, things yeah. up at, inside that big building that's down there and drive them out. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, yeah, it'd be quite the behemoth, to say the least. Well, guys, here we are. I think for episode nine, uh, I can't believe episode ten is around the corner. It, uh, yeah, you know, we've been pretty regular. Well, I don't think we've missed uh, uh, every two week interval so far. Um, so except for this coming, I guess a little warning to the listeners, you are getting this a little bit late because of the holiday, but, uh, you know, sorry for the couple day delay, but you'll, you'll get it in time. Just be patient. Uh, but yeah, and, it's hard uh, to believe I, episode 10 is just uh, around the corner. I just uh, add real quick here. I'd, so at, at Wasi on theirs last weekend, I happened to run into our, our sponsor there at, uh, engineer and engines, uh, Brenda, Brenda was there, uh, with all with her big layout, I don't know if you guys have probably seen her around the show. She she brings, oh man, tons of manuals. Oh yeah, and, lots of and literature stuff and, and, and re, yeah reprint yeah. stuff. And she's there taking subscriptions and everything. And I had a real nice visit with her. And uh, she said that since uh, I guess the first episode there, we had our little advertisement in there for. Her. She said she'd had like half a dozen people call her and say, yeah, we heard heard about it on the on the podcast, and uh, we'd like to subscribe and. Uh, she said she had, you know, half a dozen people email in and uh, same type of thing, you know, heard it on the podcast. And uh, I just thought that was just really neat that we're, we're making connections kind of uh, cross whatever you want to call these networks. Um, so, I, yeah, I just thought that was that was really cool. That was a that was kind of a, a, a nice moment for me to uh, we're doing something that's that's helping somebody else out. Too. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, it was great. We said it in episode one that, you know, in the end, we really want to promote the hobby and get more people involved and, you know, if, if, and help people along the way. And if us, uh, mentioning her it helps her along the way, then it helps us along the way. And it, uh, like I said, we just want to get more people involved, you know, got to get the younger generation. I think I was, it was kind of funny. Uh, Charlie said the lap, last episode, if we didn't get more people involved, these things that we own, you know, they're just going to be hunks of metal at some point if nobody else wants them after we're done with them you know and you know there there's some serious truth to that you know i mean i can i don't think there's an uh, really an ounce of me that wants to sit here and say that i want to sell my engines one day or whatever i I really hope that my kids and family take over and want to be involved in the hobby but at the same time if they don't you know then i'd like to hope that there's somebody else down the road that wants to you know Uh, i think we can all relate to that so yeah anyways well, we have another guest with us uh, again this evening. Uh, we were kind of all the way out on the East Coast with our last guest uh, there, and now we're pretty much all the way to the other spectrum 
on the West Coast. Uh, we have with us Jake Williams. He is uh, very involved with the Antique Gas and Steam Engine Museum there at Vista, California. And uh, we have him here. And uh, Jake, if you want to introduce yourself, uh, tell us where you're from, and, and we'll just kind of get started here. All right. Well, good evening, fellas. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> no problem. Um, well, I'm born and raised in, in California from Galt up in the San Joaquin Valley originally, farm country. But uh, since I was three, I've lived down pretty much the, the bottom left-hand corner of the state between the Pacific Ocean and Mexico. <laughs> Dad got out of the Navy and took a job down here in the power business and been here ever since. Um, currently, I am uh, sit on the board of directors at the Antique Gas and Steam Engine Museum, and I also lead our, our operating steam program. Okay. Uh, I do... I am an engine owner. I have a 20-horse Minneapolis that I bought from Dean Alling, who was you know, my mentor who took me under his wing when I was 15 and, and brought me into the hobby originally. And we have a, a small resident fleet there at the museum. We're, we're up to eight, which, uh, you know, compared to a lot of, lot of shows that uh, I've been to in the Midwest and other places, it's uh, a very small showing of of traction engines, but out here in California, that's the largest single gathering you'll find in, in one spot, and we're kind of proud of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you guys, I mean, Jake and I have both visited you out there and, and seen the museum, and, man, I honestly, it's kind of interesting to walk on your grounds and the way that you have it set up, and it's it's pretty condensed. You don't have to walk very far, even though it is a big place by all means. But man, you guys got a lot of stuff going on out there. It's pretty neat. I mean, it really is. I, I don't, to me, uh, some of the smaller shows around here, definitely, and even some of the bigger shows, I don't feel like they have going on what you have going on out there in a way, you know? Yeah, they're, they're pretty diverse. That's, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're lacking prairie tractors. We do have a, a Fairbanks Morse and a, an Altman Taylor 3060 and a Rumley E, which uh, I I will not admit this in front of the owner, but it is the showstopper. Everybody <laughs> stops what they're doing and watches when he goes by. <laughs> I think you guys bring up the prairie tractor stuff pretty good. I mean, with those three, I mean, that's a pretty good showing right there, honestly. Yeah, that's that's more than really a lot of shows yeah. in our area, anyways. Like, there's just not prairie tractors, and I I will also not admit this to people to their face, but uh, when I was there, that E is really really impressive, man. It Absolutely, is, it is an all it is an all original tractor, original extension rims on it. It is the cool factor on that is through the roof, and pretty good story behind it, from what I remember. Yeah, I, I won't steal all of uh, Jose's glory in case we can ever get him on here with you guys, but uh, the first time they started that, it was in in town, right in the middle of L.A., in kind of this little eucalyptus grove in between an apartment complex and a school and some other stuff, and the, the noise and the smoke and the carrying on, the fire department showed up, <laughs> <laughs> and... and, and and they come, they come walking up the driveway, and Robert and Jose are going, oh, God, we're in trouble, firemen. They explain it all to, well, it's a 100-year-old tractor, and we just got it running the first time. Pretty soon, all the firemen are posing for pictures in front of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are quite the machine. So, uh, yeah, 
you talked about getting involved at 15 there. Uh, when did you, or how did you exactly kind of get involved in this hobby? I'm sure it started before Dean took you under his wing there at 15 or whatever, but th- was it, did you get involved for the first time there at Fiesta or, or where, or a different show or, or what? No, I was involved for the very first time at Vista and it's kind of a, a long winding road. My very first taste of the museum, I was, I was five. And as a lot of boys that age are, I was into trains and railroad stuff. And my mom happened to see an ad in the paper for a show at a steam engine museum. And she thought railroad and we go out there and the only railroad to be had was a glorified 15 inch gauge kitty ride with a gas powered fake locomotive going around in circles. But the first thing I saw walking in the gate was the 16 horse advance on, on the sawmill. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was something that, that struck with, struck a nerve with me and stuck with me. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. I'd never heard of a traction engine, never seen one. And well, th- this looks like a locomotive, but it's kind of not. And it's, they're cutting wood with, the, oh, wow. Sensory overload. And, uh, I, had no way of knowing that 10 years later I'd be running the doggone thing. And the way it finally happened was, uh, well, getting ahead of myself a little bit. My granddad and my dad would go out there to the shows and take me, not, not even every show, maybe once every two to three years, but I'd get a little taste of it to refresh myself uh, as I got older. And when I was a freshman in high school, I... I took this elective class on business management, and we were tasked with creating a sellable product and marketing it. So uh, the group that I was in, we we made fishing lures and not very good ones. And the school sent us out to the vendor's row at the show to flog our product like little street merchants and um, (laughs) come about... Yeah. So come about lunchtime, they figured we'd been punished enough and uh, they went ahead and ended the project and gave us our grades and we went on our way. And I was already there. And so I walked around the show and Byron Whitehead, who is not with us anymore, he was running the 12 horse Russell that we just got back with a new boiler under it uh, back in December. And he he'd paused to throw some wood in. He was single handed it. And I asked him a couple of questions, and he looks at me, and he says, you interested in steam? I said, I I don't know, I guess. He said, well, hop up here. Let's find out. So I got up on the back of the engine with him, and he took me a ride, let me steer it, and the rest is history. That uh, is just so at that point, you just had the the bug right there, it sounds like. And it sounds like you had some interest before that, though. I mean, you were going back every couple years, you know, or whatever. Did you grow up very close to the show there, or do you live close to the show now? Or Yeah, I I grew up and still live about four miles from the show. In fact, the big whistle on the the stationary plant can be heard from my house. Mm Mm-hmm. I but see. I just, I, I never, never thought that being involved there was an attainable thing or, or, you know, whatever. And then it was all explained to me that day. And I scraped all the money and pocket change I had for the $15 membership and went and bought that. And that was a Saturday. Well, I goaded my mom into bringing me back on Sunday. And, uh, that was when, um, Dean was, was single hand in the advance and he took me on board with him and that, that started the whole thing. I was there from 
from striking the match to, to putting it to bed. So that was my first full day mm-hmm. um, helping to run one. And then from then on out, just, uh, you know, helping there with projects and different things, I assume. Yeah, he uh, was that fall. He bought the 20 horse Minneapolis. It was up in uh, a little tank town north of Sacramento. Fiddletown had a population of about six and a half. And it sat, <laughs> sat disassembled out next to a general store. And, and he'd been looking for a steamer. I know that he had looked at Nichols and Shepard that he didn't like the didn't like the boiler on and a couple of others. And this one was this one was rough. It had been disassembled and uh, the guy who disassembled it, Mike Ashback, who I learned about later, uh, died while it was apart. And then it was sold to Dave Olofsson, who took it up north and proceeded to ignore it. And uh, when Dean found it, it had been open to the critters for 20 years and it was all apart. But all the important stuff was there. And it, it's a 1920 engine with a, a code boiler. And Dean decided that's the one I want. And he bought it and hauled it home to, to Vista. And the inspector looked at it and they had a discussion. And he said, well, if you put a crown sheet and stays in it, I'll give you original pressure. And so that, uh, that lit Dean's fire and he commenced on it. And that was the first major uh, steam restoration that I was involved in. It was a, a four-year project, and um, all the all the work was done there at the museum. Well, Dean lived in Santa Clarita, which was a good three-hour drive away, and mm-hmm. a lot of the small parts and small parts and pieces he'd make. He little machine shop in his garage, and every month we had a one work party day a month, and still do. And he'd he'd come down with something that he had made in his garage brand new to go on that machine. And I remember just being in awe at what he would pull out the back of his pickup to, to put on the Minneapolis. And I thought, you know, someday, someday I am going to be that cool. Well, <laughs> jokes on me. Cause 25 <laughs> years later, I am still not that cool, but uh, I'm, I'm trying, you know, you talk about that and him taking things home and bringing back finished and all that, you know, I would have to say, that's something that a few of my mentors kind of had an impact on me uh, over time. Of uh, specifically, there was a, a guy named Mike Parker from from Libertyville, Iowa, uh, and a, and another guy from Eldon, Iowa, Tom Nichols, and they were both kind of pattern makers and machinists uh, by trade. They they had both worked at a foundry together, if I remember right, and that's kind of how they had. They lived pretty close to each other, and then uh, my dad always knew Mike and. Anyways, when I was a young teenager, we were working on some different stuff, and they both were very skilled machinists, and, you know, at that time, my dad, you know, would ask for their help to do a few things, uh, and one thing or another, and, you know, dad would send them home with something, and they'd bring back just this perfectly machined part, and it's like, wow, that's that's what I want to do, and I would absolutely have to say that is one of the biggest reasons that, you know, well, when I was in high school, I took a machining class in Votech, and... And uh, that's what led me to a later job at a machine shop and, and all that stuff to kind of do the machining things that I do nowadays because that it's just like you said, it's like I wanted to be that cool. I wanted to be the guy that could do that right there. You know, that was a pretty big impact on me in my life when I was a young teenager. Yeah, and, and I try I try to have a similar impact on uh, – we, we're lucky enough to have a few young kids uh, 
teens and early 20s that have, have come and joined us and, and lowered the average age of our crew, which, you know, as you said, if you can't get the younger people involved, then what's going to happen to this stuff when we're gone? And sure. We're, we're, really, we're really in a, a steam desert out here. Uh, well, you guys have been to our place. We're really well hidden in behind the high school and the houses. Oh, yeah. and, and I, I get yeah, people it's... all the time that say, gosh, I, I've lived here for 20 years and never knew this place existed. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys kind of have a long driveway there. Yeah. And until you get back there, you really wouldn't have any idea that's there. And, and you're kind of down the valley there. And like just like you said, you, you would not know. No, it is not. It's not the traditional showgrounds location like we're, we'd be used to back here in the in the Midwest. Yeah, so people don't know that we're there, and when people do find us, and you try to, the adults usually they get a little, little, little worried about uh, about getting involved with something like that. The one thing I'll say for the young kids is they're fearless. They come into it with uh, with complete ignorance, and by the time you real they realize what they're in for, you've set the hook. Yeah, <laughs> get them committed to That's doing a job. Ruin their ruin their lives for the rest of their lives. Is yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's good stuff. So, uh, you know, I assume you helped Dean put his engine together. What other projects have you been involved with there at the museum for the for the steam traction engine part of it? Well, once Dean's engine was put together, everything else that we had was in pretty good shape for a long time. You know, only running a handful of days a year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was I was able to uh, to help finish the restoration on our twenty horse case. I, I took a four year hiatus. I was living back in New York in my early twenties, fracking uh, gas wells, and um, got my got my show fixed. Going to Rough and Tumble when I was back there, excellent show. I went every year. Uh, never seen so many fricks in my life in one spot. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah. The epicenter, but, the epicenter I, of fricks. Yeah, you should haul one to California yeah. and get one out of there. <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly what I need is another boiler. Um, <laughs> well, when I when I came back, the uh, the twenty horse case was was partially uh, partially restored, and and Dean said, "Oh, good, <laughs> that's that's your new puppy over there." And so uh, I I jumped in on it, and between my myself and certainly uh dean and his skills and by that time the museum had a very well appointed machine shop of its own with some really talented guys working down in there we we got that together and i struck the first match to it in september of 2012 and and that's that's been a really interesting uh machine to to put together and run um it uh it came out of came out of the Boulder City Museum in Nevada. It was transferred to us. And I remember going to look at it when the museum first got it with the museum director. I peeked in the boiler. And the thing was a wreck. It was painted that calf scour yellow primer and uh, lots of broken parts, missing parts. But inside the boiler, it looked like it had been fired about three times. And I told Rod, I said, we want this. And so we hauled it home, and then I commenced to ignore it because I was running the advance, and there um, wasn't uh, a wealth of people lining up to uh, to work on it. Um, we had uh, had Robert one fella jumped in on it, and then uh, same old story that happens with a lot of associations. Uh, someone donated money uh, 
to to get it up and going. And then the donors became very demanding about seeing a a return on uh, on their their investment, and that'll get really annoying to the people that are boots on the ground doing the doing the work. And Put sometimes the, the best thing you can do. Yeah, right. You know, sometimes Putting the hard the best, work in there. Yeah, so sometimes the best thing you can do for your own sanity is say, you know, life's too short and I've got other projects I can work on. I need to go do something else for a while. So uh, yep. that's that's where it was when when I came back. And we, we got it running. Uh, Dean was able to round up missing parts from, jeez, uh, oh, where did the front wheels come from? I want to say Illinois. John Haley made the contractor's bunkers for it. Um, the, uh, the pivot arm that the, the big casting that the pivot for the clutch fork rides on that actually, uh, came out of Canada. He was able to make contact with somebody who was restoring a 75 and after, after some, some measurements and some discussions, okay, the part will work with a few tasteful modifications. And so while the guy had his off, uh, Dean facilitated having a pattern made and getting a new one cast, and that had a long journey, you know, down into the states, into Yuma. One of our guys who was taking his wife to Yuma to visit picked it up, brought it back to Vista, and uh, we got that <laughs> on the machine. Um, when when Robert was working on it, he made contact with Cattail Foundry, and he got a brand new firebox door, smoke box door, ring. Uh, smokestack saddle and stack and as well as the steps to get up on the board those are all brand new from from cattail um thanks to robert and so yeah pieces came from all over the place to put that back together the right front wheel was was egg shaped this thing had been rolled it fell from someplace high and landed on something hard and it wasn't a very old machine when that happened. And so all the pieces on it were either broken or brand new looking. Very low hour machine, very low hour boiler. And uh, we found the, found the front wheels in, in Illinois. And those are also off of a 75 horse machine. So uh, we put those on because they were better. Well, that gives it a slightly nose up attitude sitting on level ground which i actually kind of like when i'm in the belt with it and so, something else with that but engine I, too that's a it's a you know 20 20 horse engine which i think what's is dylan's dylan's 60 that's a i think those are 20 inch drive wheels on it and mm -hmm. this is this is a wide driver 20 horse and to walk up to it man it, it does it looks it's a lot got like an a impressive look to it for yeah. a for a six yeah yeah it's a lot more physical it's got a really good there. stance to it yeah yeah, yeah, and I I hadn't seen uh, all but here till really till like this last year or something. That was the only wide wheeled I'll call it wide wheeled uh, wide wheel sixty that I I had seen. I guess I didn't realize that they had built one, and uh, I come across another one here. Oh, I guess yeah, within the last year uh, on a trip I was taking, I walked up to it thinking it was a seventy five again, like I did there at uh, at Vista when I was there, but. Yeah, sure enough, it's a it was another wide wheeled sixty. Yeah, they're impressive looking with those wide wheels on it. It changes the whole look of the machine, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, big time. And the the front wheels too. So, that's a that's another one. They're on a sixty for some reason. They to me they just look they kind of look skinny. Yeah, they look. Yeah. And you put the 
an extra two inches or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't seem like much, but man, in appearance, it's a, it's a big deal. Kind of change that distribution of things and it really just, uh, offsets it that little bit more. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know what the backstory was on that, but I, I did a few steam engine forensics and came up with something plausible of that before Boulder city got it, it had been yard art out in front of a casino over there in Nevada someplace. I want to say the gold rush sitting out in their parking lot. And I had a few earmarks on it. It has the wide wheels. It's also got a gold valve in it. And it carried a factory headlight. Of course, that was long gone, but the bracket was still there. And got to thinking, okay, um, back in the 60s, no casino in Nevada who exists only to separate you from your billfold is going to put a lot of effort into dragging a busted up old steam engine in to sit in the parking lot. So it had to have been someplace local. Mm-hmm. And it's got the wide wheels to give it purchase and sandy ground. It's got the Gould valve and it came with the headlight. So they figured on running it in the dark and they obviously it's optioned out. So they put some money into it. And the thing that made sense to me was a copper mine. So I, my conjectural backstory for it is that it probably hauled ore for a copper mine somewhere there in Nevada. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, that'd be something to see that back in the day, pulling some ore cars or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah. That's just something we don't, well, it just wasn't in our history around the Midwest area here or something like that. But out there, it's it's what they would have done with them out there. Yeah, and, and the best feature of that engine is the everybody's familiar with the, the despised case throttle. That's just all or nothing. Well, this one's got, it, it, it's brand new. And it's the most beautiful throttling engine I've ever run. You can just grab a hold of it and think about what you want to do, and she just does it. You got lucky, by the way. Sound won the lottery yeah, on that one. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I I wouldn't bet against the next one that comes in the yard being like that. <laughs> Every conversation Dad and I ever have about him, he's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "I don't even know why it's that question. Put a ball valve on it yeah. and be done with it." You know? Yeah, just not even an option. Just put the ball valve on there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something, when I was out there visiting you and we got talking a little bit and uh, talking about where some of the engines came from and, and what's something that I didn't really think about at the time is that, like, none of the engines that you guys have there at the show are local engines. Like, the way you kind of explained it, like, none of that stuff was ever there. Everything that you guys have there for steam engines was stuff that was hauled in from other places or whatever. I guess I never really thought about that aspect. You know, around here, there was there was engines around here, even though they weren't around, say, when I was growing up or whatever, it's still stuck in the barn or whatever. But out your way, the kind of the way you acted, there just wasn't any of that stuff. It wasn't the place to have, I mean, what were they going to do with it out there and all that? Yeah, the terrain out here is just not traction engine friendly. And, of course, California was the birthplace of the Caterpillar. So sure. compact gas track. Compact gas tractors really, really became popular here uh, sooner than they did in other parts of the country, I think, because steam just wasn't yeah. a practical uh, yeah. form of power to operate. Yep. Now, we two of the engines there, my Minneapolis and then the Russell that just came back from the boiler shop, have strong local connections, not because they worked in the area, but because in their earlier retirement years they were owned by local characters you know every town has one mm-hmm. and sure. the, yeah, yeah. the the russell from escondido and then the minneapolis from from oceanside uh were were owned by by colorful 
colorful folks that uh, were were shopkeepers and had lot both of them had lots of old vehicles and machinery out in front of their uh, out in front of their establishments and they would drive them down the street in local parades and and the engines were known a mm-hmm. um, lot of people a lot of people from Escondido remember that Russell and we had a lot of them come up to us this show this is the first show that things run in over a decade and just just thrilled to death to see it back up and going again um, not as many people from Oceanside remember my Minneapolis and and the the fact that it was from Oceanside was I don't think known to Dean when he bought it I think that was a happy accident but Jim Sullivan had bought that out of Wisconsin in 1953 and and hauled it out and when Dean owned it, he had managed to to compile a stack of newspaper articles that featured that machine, the earliest of which was when Mr. Sullivan rolled it off the truck, and it, it made a splash. The, the thing was only 33 years old when it, uh, when it arrived in, in Oceanside. That's only three years older than my Dodge pickup. Uh, not the antique that it that it is today, but people around here had never seen such an animal, and so it it was it was quite the local celebrity. It was all over the the Oceanside newspapers, and then every time Mr. Sullivan would get it out and run it in a parade, somebody would get pictures of it, and there'd be a blurb about it. And when I bought it, Dean gave me a folder, probably three inches thick, containing all of this stuff and photographs and newspaper clippings of of that machine, mm-hmm. and. Huh. When, when he was getting ready to retire, uh, retire from his working life and buy a place up in the mountains, he said, "You know, I, it's it's getting to be too much to to have a traction engine. I think it's time to go ahead and sell this." And I surprised myself by going, uh, "Well, if you sell it to anyone, you're going to sell it to me," because all of a sudden I was emotionally attached to it. That was the first uh, traction engine I had really been involved in a restoration of. That was really where I'd cut my teeth in the steam world. And for the past 20 years, I'd been running other engines and generally ignoring it. Well, Dean was over there getting his jollies, but the thought of it leaving, uh, that didn't, that didn't sit with me. And so I, I cut the deal with Dean and, and I bought it and I thought about it later. I said, you know, this, this machine does need to stay here in an Oceanside Vista because there are people that remember it. In fact, a uh, funny story. A couple of years ago, I was driving up the the 15 and had some had some trouble with the pickup and pulled over and called called for the tow truck. And while I was waiting for the tow, I looked at the truck and said, "Okay, this is something that's easy enough to fix, but I'm not going to do it here on the side of the interstate." So I had the man take me to the museum and drop me off next to the steam barn where I had my shop and all my tools, everything. I'd wrench on the truck there, and older gentleman driving the tow truck and he looks at the barn full of full of engines and he says you know when i was a little kid there was one of these that sat outside a furniture store downtown and i said you want to see it and and so i showed him the minneapolis and he looked at it spent about 15 minutes walking all around it and his only comment was wow I, yeah that that's yep but sure didn't look like that when it was sitting out in front of the furniture store yeah because Sullivan, he had all the rivet heads painted white. It didn't have the head tank on it. Didn't have the canopy. It was painted the wrong color. A lot of yellow and green on it. Had and of course, nice. Dean put. Yeah, so Dean, 
painted it uh, Minneapolis colors, put the canopy on it, put the head tank on it. And it does does look like a different machine, but no, that's you know what to look for. You can recognize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're also, uh, from what I remember, involved with like a nautical museum or something down there. Is that right? Steam museum. Yeah, the, uh, the I was I was staying away from that one because of the subject matter. But yeah, the uh, San Diego Maritime Museum. Uh, I am I am the engineer on the steamboat Medea. It's one of three surviving uh, Edwardian era steam yachts. Mm-hmm. And uh, of the three, ours is the most original. And this, uh, it bears the distinction of uh, being the only ship afloat that served as a warship in both world wars. It uh, was bought by the, bought by the French Navy in, in round one. And they, they mounted a depth charge rack on the, on the stern and a 70 millimeter cannon up forward. Must have looked utterly ridiculous like that, but uh, they used it for escorting convoys of sailing ships in the English Channel, and uh, as a sub-chaser, very early anti-submarine warfare vessel. And then it was requisitioned by the British Navy for round two, and they used it for towing barrage balloons in the English Channel. So it's 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 done just about everything that that a boat that was built to be a rich guy's yacht could do. <laughs> And it's, it's just, it's got a, got a lot of history of its own, got a lot of history of its own, got a, uh, 260 horsepower compound engine that drives it. And the engine was built by the yard that built the ship. And it was a generic drop in engine back in its day. Well, today, um, the research that I have done has told me it's the only one of its kind left. So it's near as I can tell, got a one of a kind steam engine in it. Oh, really? And you guys still run and operate it, right? Uh, it's going through a massive rehabilitation right now. It's probably going to be two years before it sees steam again. But yeah, that is the intent. Okay. And you guys had operated it before or, or not? Yeah, it uh, it came to the museum in 1974, mm-hmm. and it ran up until up until 2018. Okay. okay. And the uh, the previous engineer had uh, had left the museum you know people get older they don't get younger and um they could not find a steam guy Mm -hmm. and one day i get an email i get an email from the museum office at at vista saying hey this gentleman has some questions about steam engine maintenance on a boat down at the maritime museum and some contact information and so i I called Pete Sharp thinking he was going to tell me he had a sloppy eccentric and I was going to tell him to take a shim out and call me in the morning and that was going to be it. And <laughs> the when I when I called him and introduced myself, he had a mild coronary and I went, oh, this rabbit hole goes deep. And I, I went down there not knowing that they had no steam engine people and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be in an advisory role. And the first time I was down in the engine room, uh, Jim Davis, the director of operations at the museum, sticks his head down in and says, so Pete says you can get this up and going. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think I've been had. So, uh, they got you suckered in. Yeah, so, so here, three years later, that's where I spend my Sundays. Yeah, I see. And what what kind of boiler is on that? 
It's got a, a Riley Brothers dual furnace wetback scotch on it. Okay. Uh, near as I can tell, it's the original. Near as I can tell, it's the original boiler. It was converted from coal to oil in 1964, so pretty late for that kind of conversion. And that's still what you guys ran it on was oil. Yeah, yeah just regular old number two diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I know it's it's probably not the subject matter that we normally talk about on here, but I I did want to bring it up because I think it's pretty neat. Uh, I wish that I would have made that museum when I was at the couple times I've been out there, but I haven't made it out there yet. Yeah, I've got uh, I, I've got my fingers in in a lot of steam stuff out here in California that's non railroad. I figure there's plenty of guys that are lining up to be trained guys, but nobody wants to do stationary engines. Nobody even has ever heard of of traction engines for the most part. And of course, mm-hmm. steamboats are are really rare. There's a there's a sawmill up in Plymouth, California, up in the gold country that uh, has a pretty stalwart crew of guys, and I'm sort of their uh, outside auxiliary accomplice, I think is the title that Eric hung on me. <laughs> but uh, they've got a nice 60-horse uh, nice, uh, uh, Nordberg Corliss up there that, that runs the mill with a Dutton vertical boiler, wood-fired, just really, really nice uh classic setup they have up there really really well put together i say so yeah it sounds like it sounds like a complete setup it is it's, it's really really a cool operation they got so what other show i mean obviously you're really involved at vista and they're at the maritime museum and all that stuff so it sounds like your time's pretty taken up with that stuff but like what other show tractor show steam engine show stuff do you go to uh around there well here in california i i have a fairly busy show season because we do two shows at vista june and october mm-hmm. and each show is two con- two consecutive weekends but, but my season usually starts with with Tulare, which is up in the central valley that one did not happen this this year because of uh i think we might have even made the news back as far east as you guys are all the all the rain and the flooding we had out here mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, ha- so ha- half the county was underwater and they didn't feel like organizing a boat show so the thing just didn't happen <laughs> where, um, where was the maritime <laughs> museum yeah. when you needed them there yeah <laughs> yeah and so the the second show of the year is the the best of the west show and in Santa Margarita, mm-hmm. and that one that one is Memorial Day weekend, and I can only describe it as small but but excellent. Mm-hmm. There's an unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable fleet of of prairie tractors and and early caterpillar stuff that shows up up there. Most of it actually belongs to belongs to one guy, Tom Matt, mm-hmm. um, has has bought a lot of that stuff and and brought it in and then uh uh gp and a few other guys have uh have some some prairie tractors that come in but there's there's uh gp's 3060 altman taylor there's uh uh sawyer massey not sure the the horsepower on it on it i'm not that savvy on on gas tractors there's a a gas traction company uh don hunter's holt 75 and then his uh his recreated Holt steam crawler is also that's the home show for that machine. Yeah. And the, the traction engines are rounded out by a, a 12 horse and a 22 horse advance. And, uh, a, uh, I want to say it's about a 12 horse Erie portable, real early one. And 
a uh, a Russell is what we have for for traction engines up there. Jim McIntyre, one of our our old time early members of the steam program at Vista, was the ramrod behind the steam operation up at Santa Margarita, and he tragically passed away uh, in in February. And so we went up there and and put the put the steam and the things together for kind of a last hurrah for Jim. And I, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to keep going now because that's a, a five hour drive from here so the commute's really inconvenient but there's there's not a lot of uh of people there that want to do want to do the steam there is a railroad there's a, yeah. a railroad on site and but, they have a uh, everybody steam wants train also i don't know if it runs i thought there was a steam train there wasn't there at best of the west yes there's yeah. a, a steam train there yeah yeah and that's where everybody wants to go is go do the train stuff nobody wants to come across the creek and and uh, do the traction engine stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try and facilitate something to at least keep a couple of those engines going. But that, mm-hmm. that one's going to be that one's going to be rough. That one's going to be really rough. Yeah, and there's a there's an airport there. Even you know we were there. Uh, oh man, six years ago I think we went there. And I mean I'll kind of speak uh, on the kind of the Caterpillar Holt and Best uh, side of things. Like, if you want to go see some serious Best and Holt Caterpillar stuff, go to that show. You'll see stuff there that you just never even knew existed for the most part. I mean, it was just... I mean, I don't know how many Holt 75s were there when we were there, but, like, I don't even know if a dozen covers them. I mean, there's just... It was a neat show. And then, uh, you know, the Don Hunter's uh, recreation there of his uh, steam-powered crawler and all that stuff i mean that's something to see in itself and then like you were just talking you yoke right right across the creek there and there's a there's a runway there and they're flying stuff in and out the whole show and then the steam trains or or the trains over there and all that stuff and it's definitely a it was a pretty neat show to go to and and i'd go back just to see all that stuff again i mean it was it was very impressive yeah yeah Yeah, that's uh probably i need to get there yeah probably the biggest gathering of of good rare early caterpillar stuff you'll find yeah and well i mean it, i don't think it's called had, best of the west for no reason i think it's got a pretty good name when it comes to that sort of for the holton best stuff for sure a couple couple years ago well god i think it was back back before the plague but uh the last cat national show that they had there um the 120 tractor from from the hydric museum was uh-huh. there Tom Tom Madden's 120 was there. Yep. And we have a, a 120 stationary engine mm-hmm. here at Vista that was also there. And they were all there in a row. Every running 120 in the world was at that show. And yep. that was that was just a sight to behold. Yep. That was that was the year mm-hmm. I was there was when they had the the National Acmoc show there. We took our 120 up there again um, this show. Uh, it was it was the National again. And that did, that did not come home. We sent that back with with Chad Einhart. He's going to do a, a, a re restoration on that. And while he's got it apart, he's going to go ahead and and scan everything so he can make another one to go into a, a chassis and get another tractor up and running. Mm-hmm. So we're happy to be part of that. Yeah. 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 I was trying to, uh, and, and Tom had done pretty extensive work getting his 120 uh, together and all that stuff and recreating and, and all that stuff. It was quite the feat for him, I know for sure. 
and and just uh, to see two of them. I mean, just to see one of them is one thing, but we can go somewhere like that and see two of them like that. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, that 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 show is as as small as it is with as as little a footprint as it as it covers. There's there's some stuff there that you're just not going to see anywhere else. Yeah, and I remember when I was there, you know, and maybe they do it like this every year. I don't know, but. Uh, you know, they had lots of dirt moving equipment and were staying very busy with all that stuff. And I remember, uh, there was, a uh, an older lady that was driving a big rock truck around 773 or maybe it wasn't that big, 769 cat rock truck or something rather. And just driving through, you know, through the crowd there. And, uh, they stopped and asked if, if my, uh, oldest son Sawyer, if he wanted to ride and he's like, yeah. So she got up and took him a ride in this big rock truck at the show, you know, and, uh, which was pretty neat, you know. It's uh, it's like you said. There, there's just so much stuff going on there, and lots of stuff to see. And uh, it was very. I, I'd go back uh, again anytime. I, I'm surprised I haven't been back in the past six or seven years. It's been since I was there. Yeah, really yeah. Like that's that's that what it's re- all recreation. That recreation that uh, Don Hunter did there with that uh, Holt steam tractor crawler thing. I've seen lots of videos of it, but I just I would really like to see that in person. Yeah. And he has like a yeah. His son Ken. That oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say he had like his son was showing us like a whole book that he has put together of, you know, the process of it and and how he did this and how he did that and kind of the, all the steps he took through everything and 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 they're there to share the history and and what all their dad did. Yeah, it it really was an incredible incredible uh, project. And Ken, his son, is just just the salt of the earth. You will never find a, a friendlier fella who's who's more than happy to show you his machine. And if you if you stand there and look at it for too long, pretty soon you're going to wind up on the throttle. This kid's going to go, come on, come on, get up here and run it. <laughs> Nothing uh, wrong with that. Yeah, that's an impressive-looking thing. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it would have been seen something in the day to see that clocking by, you know. Uh, man, I mean, if you compared that to, you know, like a 110 case or something, you know, it's just two different retrospects of a uh, piece of equipment there. Oh yeah, hardly even in the same category. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jake, uh, have you been to? You, you talked to you went to Rough and Tumble uh, when you were out uh, living in New York. What other shows have you been kind of out east then? Uh, Canadagua, New York, the Pageant of Steam. It's a, uh, a small show, but but good enough for for where I was. I was you know sort of uh, sort of removed from my life's passion, but I was making an awful lot of money. So I was walking that balance, but that was a, a good show to, uh, to get to. It was hard to be a member of, of that and participate in anything because they usually had their, their work days on Wednesday. All these old retired guys would go out and, and do everything midweek. And those sure. of us that, uh, still working for a living, that made it real hard. And that was about three hours from where I lived. So it wasn't real, uh, wasn't real easy to, uh, to get out there and do anything with it. But I always enjoyed going every year when they, when they had the show, um, did a lot of, did a lot of railroad stuff while I was back there. I, uh, I went and visited East Broadtop. They weren't running anything, but uh, I did go and take a look around the place. Uh, went to Steamtown, went to, uh, Wilmington and Western and, and Strasburg when I was back there, and so got a little bit of a, a steam train fix. And anyway, I found ways to occupy myself. Are you? Uh, you that's, guys have any? Oh, go ahead, Jake. Sorry, uh, so that's just uh, that's that's the steam engine hobby for you. Like you can be anywhere in this country and find someone that shares the same passion for you, or you know, as you, and 
you know, you can always find something to do and some iron to go look at and someone to get along with and literally anywhere in the country. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget back in 05 when I went to Mount Pleasant. I uh, went into their steam engine building, which the the first thing I felt when I walked in there was a huge feeling of inadequacy <laughs> because that's just a, a fabulous fabulous operation they got there that big uh, package boiler they got and all the big corlises and small engines r- running at working rpm and mm-hmm. and uh, our our big engine at vista is a 300 horse alice and that thing just ticks over at about 30 revs and we run six or eight other engines uh at low rpm at a time because that's what we have the boiler capacity for and you guys have seen it. It's all under an open-sided pole barn, and so the engines get dusty, and it's not really the best environment. I walk in, into the building there at Mount Pleasant, and and everything's just beautiful. The only reason you would use a plate if you were going to eat in there is to not get barbecue sauce on the engines. <laughs> and I was talk, talking to the gentleman that was running their big, uh, I believe it was a 1,500-horse Alice uh, compound coreless pumping engine Mm -hmm. and we're we're chatting along and and he says uh well where where are you from and I said San Diego California and he says oh you got family in town I said no I flew back here to see the show he gives me this funny look and he says you came all the way back here just to see our show and I said yeah and he says well let's make it worth your visit and he pulls the pulls the chain aside and says come on in here and he next thing I know I'm standing on the on the Oilers platform between the cylinders of this thing with cordless valve gear doing uh, 75 RPM on either side of me. And I, I drooled all down the front of my shirt. <laughs> you but know, that, that just, show just, has such a following locally that those kids got involved at a young age and they're, you know, it, it's, it goes for the, the traction engine stuff to the stationary stuff, to the trolley cars, to the train that's there. Like they, those kids got involved when they were really young and they don't know any different. And sometimes those, that's the only show that they go to, you know. So for a lot of people, that's just normal to them, you know. And until somebody like you comes and sees that in their building or whatever, or, it is very impressive to see all that stuff. And it's really impressive to sit there and think how that stuff got there in the first place, you know. Yeah, and just everybody at that show was just you know so friendly and so, you know, the I made a donation to the, the train guys and... Uh, I handed him a hundred dollar bill, I think, and the guy looks at me and pretty he writes out a piece of paper and says, Okay, you're a member, let's go for a ride. Next thing I know we're in the cab of the Shea going going around the track. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh <laughs> and that that's what we try to do try to do here here in Vista as well. Some people get a little bashful about it, others are, are more than happy that if you offer them a spot on the platform, they hop up there hop up there with you. Of course, uh Living in the in the smartphone age, I have to remind them sometimes to put their phone down and hold on with both hands. You can take pictures later. Yeah, yeah. Let that memory last a little longer instead of the photo. There, I in my in my formative years, I got to to travel around a a little bit. Uh, God, I think I was eighteen. Uh, Dean Alling invited me to be his his plus one to go back to Carl Memke's place for his steam up. And that was, uh, the sensory overload was, was complete to see that collection of prairie tractors that Carl had. And then the, the two one tens and the, the 
Nichols and the the 75 month or 80 horse was it Montana Plow Special that he had, and that was also mm-hmm. when I met uh, Grant, Graham Sellers and Gary Yeager for the first time, and the the first day I was there, I got paired up with Graham, and we lit off the 110, and I I goofed up twice in in front of this man that I I learned much later was was you know, one of the, the great names in the steam hobby. Um, I'm firing this thing up and <clears throat> after, after a while I, I get the crown boil and okay, I should start seeing some pressure on the cage here anytime. And, and, you know, she's boiling and I'm burning wood and she's boiling and I'm burning wood and I'm not getting any pressure on the cage. And, and Graham comes up behind me and says, don't you think it's about time we put a safety on this? What? big open hole in the top of the dome it didn't even have the safety on it <laughs> boiling water and letting oh. all the steam go straight up in the air and oops <laughs> oops yeah ex- ex- exactly and of course dean took a picture of graham and i up on top of the thing putting the safety on so uh the evidence of that has been preserved for the ages and um then uh we we got it fired up and we drove it around the yard a little bit, kind of let me get used to it. And he says, okay, let's go plowing. What, me? Plow with a 110 right now? And so I'm, I'm trying to hold it together. And that was where I, I made my second faux pas of, of the day. Um, Graham points out a plow, one of the big platform plows that Carl had. I think it was the 12 bottom. And I swing the engine around and line up on it. And I go to back up to it, and uh, I almost ran over Graham because it didn't turn the way I thought it would. It didn't dawn on me. <laughs> oh yeah, the 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 steering the steering works off of the crankshaft, so it's not gonna yeah. You know, uh-huh. And Graham's just he steps out of the way and he stands there with that big toothy grin that only he could do so well, and he spits his jaw on the ground and says, "She steers backwards and backwards, kid." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody I can hear it, I can hear it. <laughs> yeah I don't know if there's anybody that's ever ran a 110 that can't say they ever had a little bit of trouble steering one you know but yeah that uh, I, I look back on that now you know my my first time ever ever going back to, to Carl Memke's place and I, I, I only I only ever went twice but uh yeah, I, I got to plow with a one ten with with Graham Sellers, and that's that's something that uh, that's really stuck with me. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you could yeah. get much better than Graham. I mean, I I know both Jake and I both have some pretty good memories there, and and man, it's uh, we've talked about it. I don't, I think there's been maybe a few episodes that his name hasn't been mentioned, but not very many, I don't think. Yeah, not very many, man. He was he was a part of everything growing up for me. Yeah, seeing that we were talking about him last weekend at uh, at Wasion. There was oh, giving each other a little shit, you know. People getting the belt, and you know the belt's not necessarily right in the middle of your flywheel or something. You're giving your buddy a little bit of shit, and uh, I'm here to tell you that Graham Sellers would not let you live that down. And when I was growing up, he, you know, I got the belt, and it wasn't right right in the center. And I, to this day, if it if my belt is not in the center, I will back my engine back out of the belt and get relined up because Graham drove that into me that now uh, you get that, get that belt centered up. And we we're joking about that this last weekend at Wasion. No half-assing it. Yep. Yeah. 
you talk about going to Mimkies and all that stuff like that. Man, that'd been pretty impressive. I was I've I've been there one time, but it was not during one of their uh, steam ups or anything like that. You know, and man, you talk about the amount of collection there under one roof. It's pretty crazy. And not to mention, you got to see it all out, and or I'm sure a lot of it out, not all of it out, but that's uh, that would have been well worth the trip. Yeah, I I really fell in love with uh, with with the nickels and Gary. Gary has said that is the most complete original Nick he's ever laid eyes on, and if he says that, I believe it. He's got the photo evidence to prove he's he's looked at a lot of engines, but uh, I I really did like that machine. Just a pleasure to run. It was like an Elgin watch, and I ran it on Friday. And Dean kind of warned me Friday night. He said, "Go ahead and light that off tomorrow morning, but don't be surprised if one of these." you know, regulars or friends of Carl or whatever hops up there with you. And then pretty soon there'll be two of them up there and then you'll just kind of get edged off of the thing. And, and that's just, you know, the way it goes, you're the new kid. And I said, Oh yeah, I can understand that and accept it. So I was very well prepared for that the following day. And I fired it up and a couple people came over and chatted and then they went away and then start running it around. And pretty soon somebody hopped up on the platform and we did a lap around the yard and then he was gone. And then uh, somebody else would hop up and go for a lap around the place there, and then he was gone. And I, I was on it all day, including for the, the main plow event. Dean and, and his brother John and I took it out. And I said, wow, that was, that was unexpected. You know, I got to play with the engine all day. And that was, well, I, I found out years later that Carl had kind of had a, had a meeting of the minds and said, that kid came all the way from California to take part in this. Leave him alone. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> thank you, th- thank you, thank you, Carl. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the icing, the I- the icing on the cake from that trip is I still have mine, and I think both of the Allings still have theirs. Sunday morning, we all went to uh, to breakfast at the Denny's there in Great Falls, and and I see something in the newspaper machine out in front of the Denny's. It's the local paper, front page, uh, little headline about Carl having his show, and the picture on the front page of of the newspaper is the three of us plowing with with the Nichols and Shepherd, and we all got a kick out of that because all of these big name Midwestern uh, traction engine guys and the three yokels from California <laughs> got on the front page of the Great Falls paper. <laughs> uh, That's pretty uh, good. Uh, funny how that works out. Yeah, that would have been a good time for sure. You guys uh, got any recent projects there at the museum? What are you, you guys working on? Anything good now, restoration wise? I know when uh, I was there, you guys had uh, Buffalo Pits uh, Road Roller. You guys were working on. Is that still ongoing progress? And uh, that ran for the for the first time since the restoration. This show, in fact, all three of the engines we had out um, are engines that have not run in five years or more. Oh, so really? the nice. the Buffalo Pits the Buffalo Pits came out. Um, Travis and his crew uh, pulled it all together and uh, stayed up a lot of late nights to get that uh, running for the show. And it still needs some cosmetic stuff. Uh, the the front roller and then needs a needs a sleeve in the front pedestal. It's a little sloppy, but the thing did get out and run. And then of course the uh, the Rube Nelson 
Russell that uh, just uh, just came back with the new boiler. That was the first time it had run in over a decade. And then John and Dean, their 16-horse Russell that uh, they recently purchased that had not been uh, not been run in about five years. The previous owner, um, one of our guys, Scott Higgins, he, he used to run that uh, with with his wife and uh i scott if you're listening i hope this isn't too too personal a thing for me to say but she she passed away and it just kind of changed changed the engine for for him and it, it wasn't the same for him and so um he uh he sold it to uh to dean and john and then of course i razzed dean about the fact that he said he was getting too old for this business and he sold me the minneapolis and then turns around and buys a russell <laughs> Uh, that's the way that goes <laughs> gotta gotta keep them going there at the show so now that's pretty neat that you had three engines that hadn't run in that long and and all that stuff yeah so the the 20 horse case uh i left that cold because there was deferred maintenance that i failed miserably at getting done over the winter so uh just left it sit cold and have those three engines have the glory and the the 12 horse center crank case which is a, a very special engine uh, just because of what it is robert who who runs that he poor guy went down with went down with shingles and so he was in no mood to be to be running an engine oh no so uh yeah, that's the, good. the the three that the three that we had out uh none of them had run in in five years or more so that was that was that was pretty good yeah the the russell i did not really want to run this season at all because we we paid for a boiler we did not um ask for any mechanical restoration to be done beyond what was absolutely necessary for the reassembly we figured well we'll restore it at home we have the technology and my my want and desire was to roll it in the back of the barn maybe even erect a curtain around it so that nobody could see it and just fire it up one or two times to get a feel for it and see what she really needed and then commence on it and then when it was done have the big reveal roll out this this brand new machine mm-hmm. well mm. that went off the rails that went off the rails one day when I walked in the barn and there's this kid taking pictures of it, going all around, snapping pictures from every angle. And I said, you're looking at it awful serious. And he says, no, oh, I'm, I'm taking pictures for the artwork on the T-shirts. And I said, what T-shirts? And he said, oh, they're, they're, making, they're, making, this engine the, they're making this engine the theme of the show. And I said, okay, well, so much for that. And it's, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty clapped out, worn out. Uh, I'm got a tremendous amount of blow by makes it a water hog i'm sure the cylinder's egg shaped uh dean got into the valve chest and dean got into the valve chest and found some uh found some some rust damage in there and uh the valve gear itself's completely completely uh wore out and everything just kind of flops around and uh dean was able to quiet it down with some creative use of plumber's tape among other things but uh he'd (laughs) He put uh, he put a lot of a lot of work into that uh, leading up to the show to make it run. I kind of sicked him on it and felt bad later because now he's messing with that instead of running his own engine. He just paid money for and his brother's over there kind of going nanner nanner. <laughs> uh, but he he had a he had a good time with it. Uh, the one thing about it was uh, Byron ran it at about eighty pounds when it was still running at Vista originally. 
And now with the brand new boiler, we've got 150 pound safety on it. So kick it up to about 120. We'd never heard what it would sound like at that pressure. That thing sounds like it's pulling a load right down to its knees when it's just driving around. And it had a really tinny sound about it. Dean said it sounds like it's barking in a beer can. And I said, (laughs) well, it's a, it's a, Russell stack it's silver I'll just put a big Coors Light sticker on it and call it good <laughs> yeah they, it uh, was it, it was running decently by the end of the show but we do have a lot of work to do on that and I'm actually kind of kind of licking my chops to uh, get involved in in that project and and work with with Dean on that and sort of you know relive the days uh, of putting the Minneapolis together so you guys uh yeah. Do you guys thrash there? I can't remember. Uh, yes, we do thrash. Yeah, we did not. We did not thrash this this show because uh, again, all the rain we had, the barley was too green to cut. I see. Uh, leading into mm-hmm. leading into the show, so so that's still standing in the field, and uh, we had nothing to thrash, so we didn't even get the threshing machines out. Uh, I see. And yeah. we we didn't we didn't set up the baker and we do have the Alice Chalmers rock crusher that always makes a good display even though it's not much of a load for the engine once you get the flywheels on that big old thing turning but we actually didn't uh, didn't put anything into the belt uh, at all this this show everybody was kind of getting the feel for these these new engines that were running for the first time in a long time and a lot of a lot of tinkering and a lot of just kind of kind of driving around and smiling and waving but uh, all things considered I'd, I'd say it was a really good show really yeah. happy with the way it came off yeah i was trying to remember what all you guys had going on between thrashing and uh, you mentioned a sawmill before and rock crusher there and you guys have some stationary steam there and um hit and miss gas engines and stuff i'm sure and then some tractor stuff and we're just trying to kind of mention everything else that you guys had going on there and stationary steam stuff too maybe i already mentioned that uh, you guys had like a steam crane or something rather there too, didn't you? Yeah, I, I was trying to ignore that, but uh, yeah, I really feel for you. Uh, yeah, you you know where I'm coming from with that, don't you? I really feel really feel for you uh, bringing the steam shovel home. We were we were recently donated that. Now it had been living there for a long time. It was privately owned by a member. The uh, the tubes went bad, and then one of the two owners passed away, and and it sort of uh, fell by the wayside due to lack of manpower and too many other projects. Well, Virgil, the surviving owner donated that to us uh, about three years ago and well, okay, it's a museum asset, so we'll put museum resources into it. And most of what has been done thus far has been a lot of standing around it, drinking beer, staring, and reevaluating our life's decisions. Uh, but what a what kind of is it a steam crane or a shovel? I can't remember. It's it it's a it's a drag line. It's drag line, okay. very 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 similar to to Michael Fixie's rig. In fact, I have been spending a lot of time going back through his Facebook to see what all he went through with his mm-hmm. because that's the road that we're about to go down with this one. They, if, if you would ask me the condition of this machine, I would tell you they ran it about 10 years too long 
Mm-hmm. Everything is just pretty, just war normal war for out. construction equipment stuff that was ran. It just seems like sometimes people ran the stuff till there just wasn't getting their money's worth out of it. You know, well, that's the same with today's yeah, stuff. I, I mean, I, I don't think mate, like normal everyday maintenance on construction equipment is anywhere really farther along than where it was a hundred years ago. Not for some some owners, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, I'm an I'm an operator by trade, so I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember what all was going on there, and, and I could stress to anybody that's in the area, you know, go check the museum out, get a hold of these guys, and, and go look at stuff. When we were in town, uh, let's see, that was in that was just last year, I guess, wasn't it? Twenty two. Think about it now. Anyways, we were in town uh, for the national board meetings. I had my family with me. My parents were with me, and I had reached out to to Jake and was saying, "Hey, I'd like to come up and look at stuff." And boy, you know, we showed up, and he had a wagon out behind a tractor and just gave us the full tour. And just you know, I mean, it was great. I, it was nothing that I expected at all, and I, I was really wowed by your guys' hospitality and and everything you showed us there and the time you took. And I really appreciate that. And I, I'd stress it to anybody if you're in the area, you know, reach out to these guys and, and come check it out and go look at the stuff and or go to the show. You know, during the show, you know, look. I mean, unfortunately enough, we weren't there during the show, but we were at least able to look around at the static display stuff uh, when the show wasn't going on. And and they have a lot to offer. It's neat stuff. Yeah, yeah it was it was a pleasure the having you there. Piece. Yeah, the hospitality piece there. I mean, it's similar experience when I was there a couple of years before that, I guess. Uh, and yeah, Jake Jake rolled out the red carpets too. <laughs> Part of our conversations leading up, he goes, "Well, how do you like your steak?" <laughs> so Jake had gone. Out, Jake had gone out and got steaks and potatoes, and went back to the engine shed, and we threw them on the grill. And we went and walked around and had a couple beers and visited, and then we got sat down there behind the engines, and we had steak and potatoes. And yeah, it was just a uh, yeah, the, the warmest welcome just about a, a, that I've ever had. It was it was fantastic. Uh, we we're we're honored that you guys you know make the journey out to uh, to see us, and I know that I know Chris was there for the the. NBIC meeting. I attended the the meeting as well, and Jake was in LA on business. But the, knowing what you guys are involved in, and and how it compares to our our little operation out here in Vista, we're just we're just thrilled to death that you're you're interested in coming to see us. Well, it's it's kind of like we mentioned some of the other shows. Like I don't think anything, any vacation or, or work trip or anything that goes by that we don't have the thought of uh, some sort of steam or, or gas something in the background of hey why we're there you know we're only so far away from this or we can go check this out or whatever you know so uh we always en- enjoy seeing other stuff and more stuff you know and meeting the people i mean we've i'm saying i feel like sometimes we're now that we're you know episode nine in i feel like we keep repeating ourselves but i mean it's the truth we the you going out and meeting the people and the camaraderie of everything it's uh it's almost way more than the equipment sometime in the pieces. Yep. Yeah, I've I I've I've met some some great people almost 30 years in this in this hobby now. And uh I'm probably going to have to make a couple of trips back to Odessa here hopefully in the next 4 years. My 20 horse needs to go live with Chris for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then we're scheduled to work on one of the other museum engines here c- coming up, and excited for that. And it's a, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Like you get the, 
oh, you get the UPS driver or some freight truck driver in, and it's like, well, you know, where are these people from that you do work for? And I was like, man, I, I, we've done work for people from coast to coast. I mean, it's just all over the place, you know? And it's like, well, can't they find somebody closer? And I was like, man, there's just not a ton of people that work on this stuff, you know? I mean, there's people in the hobby, but when yeah. it comes down to some of this serious boiler work, there's just not a lot of people. So people reach out and you, you know, find other ways to get things done, you know? And it's, it's, uh, man, the amount of people that I've talked to and, and, uh, become acquainted with and become friends with a lot of them over just say the past 10 years it's uh pretty crazy the to look back on now yeah and you, you find it in the strangest places uh we had a, a young fellow named scott owner operator of low boy driver from fresno came to uh came to santa margarita i thought i was familiar with most of the engines in in the state california is a big state but i'd say there's there's only about three dozen engines to be had running and not running. And he, he comes in and he's talking to Dean and talking to me, wanting to learn things about traction engines. Well, come to find out he had just inherited his dad's uh, 70 horse uh, Nichols and Shepard. And I said, oh, where's it at? Thinking it's someplace back in the Midwest, he's going to have to truck it out. And he says, no, it's over in Fresno. There's been a 70 horse Nichols in Fresno all this time. And I never knew it was the, um, Hasn't run in a good number of years, but uh, you know, they're, they're, every once in a while, one or two will pop out of the woodwork. In fact, this year there were two. There was a, a really nice-looking 14-horse uh, Garscott that uh, showed up at the show. was uh, a piece in a, an almond auction that was held there on the showgrounds during the show. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I almost, Chris, I, I almost slipped, man. I, I could have I bought this thing. But that would have zeroed out my uh, Minneapolis boiler savings, and so I was a good boy and put the blinders on. <laughs> wait, wait, waited until the uh, waited until the auction was over, and then I went and looked at it close. And uh, somebody put an awful lot of money into that and and stopped. It's got brand new tubes in it. It's got new rivets in the smoke box. Uh, peaked in all the handholds. Boiler looks actually really good and uh i i convinced myself that i didn't need it because uh it's a 14 horse so it's a smaller one and it's got a head tank on it and i literally had to get on my knees to get into the smoke box and said well i don't want to clean tubes like this every morning <laughs> uh, yeah didn't yeah. need this thing anyway yeah jake had kind of brought that engine to That's my attention it. and i was looking at it on almonds and i was like man that is it's actually a pretty decent looking engine you know and just like you said i kind of had to finally talk myself out of it i was like i don't need it i have enough projects and yada 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 and avoided it but uh since then i've seen some more pictures of it uh out ohio way and uh, yeah it's nice looking engine i'm looking forward to seeing that one around yeah, yeah. okay uh, so that's yeah it, yeah it's it's back our way jake so we'll we'll take care of it uh it's good real good friends of ours bought it and i Actually, this uh, this Saturday they they're intending on uh, firing it up for the first time. So uh, good to see it run. Oh, good. I'd like to hear how that goes. Yeah, Tom Madden said he wasn't sure if it went to Ohio or Illinois, but now now we know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Neat neat little engine. Do you know any uh, history behind that one, or where was it at I, compared to you? I have no idea where that came from, and I still don't. Okay. Just another one of those that materialized out of the woodwork, like that Nichols. <laughs> So they, they were saying this last weekend that 
it was owned by uh, an engineering professor at Stanford. And he's the one that put all the, the work into it. And it just it never ended up running the thing very much. I don't know if, I, I guess I didn't hear the, the end of the story about like if he passed away or if he just lost interest or what the deal was, but uh sounded like he had like a couple of other smaller pieces. I think he had an oil pole and a couple of other little things or something that uh, he kind of accumulated there. But uh, other than that, they don't, they don't know anything else about it. Other than it being yeah, a they find, long they, ways from home. Oh, yeah. They turn up in the strangest places. A few years ago, uh, some university campus in Ventura reached out to us saying that they had a Russell that uh, they needed to find a home for. And we were hosting an annual auction at the museum at the time. And there was talk of it coming down to the auction and, and well, what's it worth? And Dean lives a lot closer to Ventura than I do. So he went out and looked at it, took some pictures and across the back of, of the wood bunker said Jaeger farms and Gary Yeager had talked about how his family had had a Russell that was sold many years ago and he knew it went out West and, uh, never knew where it ended up. So then Dean got to get with Gary and say, found it. <laughs> Gary said, yeah. well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's still around, but, uh, I, I don't need it back at this point in my life. Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring that one up. I <laughs> that one's also out this way now. That's just uh, two hours north of me. Another another steam engine guy out this way. He he bought that engine, so uh, I've been up to see it now and and all that stuff. So <laughs> those two engines from out in out in California, they've ended back up in here in the Midwest and and around us now. It's amazing how some of them get around, isn't it? It is. Well, you it talk is. about. Uh, I believe you're talking about Dean's Minneapolis going all the way out there and would you say the fifties or something or other, you know, uh, you know, to think of it back then and then traveling all the way back, you know, engines traveling back and forth. It's, it's crazy how stuff gets moved around sometimes. Yeah. Funny, funny thing, uh, also about Dean's mini, well, now my Minneapolis is that was on the cover of, uh, Iron Man album. In November, December 1956, I, I have a copy of the cover. And it was on the cover of the Iron Man album again in November, December uh, 2000, right after Dean got it restored. And so that engine has, has been the cover engine twice. Yeah. And oh, so, so, ha so having that, I, I think... Okay, there's some some neat hobby history here tied up in this engine, and there's some some neat local history tied up here in this engine. And God, please don't let me screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I remember I remember the day that the money changed hands. Uh, Dean and I made the deal. Um, I I handed him the cash. And we shook hands, got a picture of that moment. I posted it on posted it on Facebook. Everyone saw it. Um, and then uh, at the end of the day, everyone went home except me because I live so close, and I'm there just kind of, kind of uh, looking at my purchase and feeling satisfied with myself. And then that little voice of logic in the back of my head starts screaming at me, "You fool! Do you realize what you have just done?" <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because all all of uh, 
all, all of my life, you know, growing up there at the museum and being involved, I, 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 I daydreamed about engines that, that I would like to own, you know, oh, it would be really neat to have an Avery or it would be really neat to have a double cylinder Rumley or, but I don't need to own an engine. I've got a fleet of engines here that I can, and I live in suburbia. I can't exactly have one in my driveway, so I'm going to run it here anyway. So what's the difference? Sure. Besides, if it needs yeah. if it needs boiler work, the museum pays for it. So, win win. And then go. I uh, then uh, Dean decided he was going to sell that. I became emotionally compromised, and now I'm an engine owner. <laughs> That's the way it goes. I I'm going to bring yeah, up the question. Nothing wrong with that. So you you say you know you know you stick with the museum engines and then you bought that engine. If if there was one other engine on your outlook, what would it be? Oh, that's that's a tough one. That there's just so much neat stuff out there. Um, something that might actually be uh, be attainable to me someday is I would. I would love to get an Avery. They're just so different from from everything else, mm -hmm. and so so odd, so odd looking. You know that Avery will Avery will turn a head, uh, no matter no matter where you go, and and all that. Despite the fact I hate the way they sound, you get an Avery <laughs> in the belt that just sounds like a machine gun. <laughs> that's the, the truth they have a lot of wow factor to them they're a showstopper uh for people to look at that uh may not be a, a enthusiast or just somebody walking by they they definitely are the one that people point out most of the time um if if i if i had unlimited funds and i could just uh walk up to the man who owns the what one or two that's still in existence and say here's a blank check fill out whatever amount you want uh probably an altman double star yeah mm. pretty unique yeah. yeah those are unique yeah well when we get done here and you can go I, buy your lottery ticket and you know we'll talk about that tomorrow or something yeah you know i've i've always thought that lottery winner would be a much more fulfilling line of employment but uh they never <laughs> seem to be hiring and they charge me two dollars every time i give them an application yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to play to win. That's just the way it goes. Well, Jake, well, this has been great. I, uh, you guys, and I can't stress it again. If you get out, your, you know, your guys' way there around Vista, go check these guys out. Go see what they have out there at the show. Uh, you won't be disappointed at all. I knew this was going to be a great episode going into it, uh, just from meeting you and talking to you and the stories you had at the time. So I was really looking forward to this one and, and I thank you for your time. Well, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys having me on the show. Well, uh, hopefully you can, uh, maybe get back here to the Midwest sometime and, uh, check out one of our shows if you ever get to traveling again. And uh, I know for sure the, the next time we get out your way, we'll, uh, come by and visit again and, and, you know, see everything, see what you got going on and, and all that. Well, Rolog's definitely on my bucket list, and I'd like to get to uh, to a few of the smaller ones around uh, your neck of the woods, just to you know see see how other people are doing it, man. Sure, sure. Anyways, well, that concludes the episode, and Jake, we will see you around, and hope you have a, a great rest of your summer. You too, guys. Keep them hot. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. <laughs> All right. See you, Jake. Bye. Bye.